Welcome to the Campus Rush Podcast. We believe that God will speak through this word and meet you right at the point of your need. We hope that God will bless you through this message. Say, I'm ready for the word, Holy Spirit. Transform my heart and take me deeper in you. Praise God. Praise God. I'm Luke chapter 1, verses 26. Uh, and I'm going to read this, this uh, selection of scripture, and then we're going to fly from here. And it's going to be amazing in here. It says there, in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, to a virgin married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of the king David. Gabriel appeared to her and said, greetings, favored woman. The Lord is with you. Confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. Don't be frightened, Mary said. The angel told her, rather. For God has decided to bless you. You will become pregnant and have a son. And you are to name him Jesus. He will be very great. And he will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord gave, and the Lord the Lord God, rather, will give him the throne of his ancestors, David, and he will reign over Israel forever. The kingdom will never have an end. Mary asked the angel, but how can I have a baby? I am a virgin. The angel replied and said, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the baby born to you will be holy, and he will be called the Son of God. What's more is that your Relative Elizabeth has become pregnant in her old age. People used to say she was barren, but she's already in her sixth month. For nothing is impossible with God. You believe that? Nothing's impossible with God. Do you know that even when other people expire your miracle, God still has a date of delivery? Oh my gosh. All right. I hope I'm in the right room tonight. Because I'm getting ready to speak the word of life in this place. It says this, for nothing is impossible with God. Mary responded and said, I am the Lord's servant. And I am willing to accept whatever he wants. May everything you have said come true. And, the, and then the angel left. Now we're going to focus on verses 39 to 45. But I wanted to give you some, some context so you understand the topic by which we're discussing. It says, a few days later, Mary hurried to the hill country of Judea, to the town where Zechariah lived. She entered the house. Pay attention to this. It says, she entered the house and greeted Elizabeth. At the sound of Mary's greeting, Elizabeth's child leaped within her. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, being filled with the Holy Spirit then gives us the context of verses 42. It says this, Elizabeth gave glad cry and exclaimed to Mary, you are blessed by God above all other women and your child is blessed. What an honor this is that the mother of my Lord should visit me. You see, there's some revelations you can only get under the presence of the Holy Ghost. Under the spirit of the Holy Ghost. That's the only way you'll get some revelation. How could Elizabeth know that the Messiah was in Mary? Nobody knew except for the angel and Mary. But yet still, because of the Holy Spirit, it then gave Elizabeth the insight to be able to know what was happening in the spiritual realm. I'm praying that God gives you that insight. 
Do you know what that insight does? That insight gives you the ability to look through situations that look impossible and you have the answers and nobody knows how you have them. But the Holy Spirit has given you the insight. That is your portion tonight. It says this. Uh, when you came in and you greeted me, my baby jumped for joy the instant I heard your voice. Then this is the blessing that we're going to take tonight. You are blessed because you believe that the Lord would do what he said he would do. Now, I, I wanted you to tap somebody and tell them your dream isn't dead. Tap somebody else, say your dream isn't dead. Here you have in the scripture, Elizabeth, and I'm going to try. I have a lot to say tonight. I'm really going to try to keep it short. But you have Elizabeth, a woman who uh, had been barren for years. I mean, she was in her old age. She was barren forever. She couldn't, she couldn't give birth to nothing. She, nobody, nobody thought that she could give birth. In fact, people, I'm sure, began to make fun of her because she couldn't have birth. She couldn't conceive. She couldn't bear a child. But then we have in this scripture so, so beautifully, it says that then earlier on in Luke, it says that the angel appeared to her husband, Zechariah, and said, you are going to give birth to a son, and his name is going to be John. And when you give birth to this son, he already has a predestined purpose and an assignment. It is to prepare the way for the king of kings to come. Now, it's so interesting that even I'm sure as Elizabeth was pregnant, that nobody else around her even knew that what was in her would be a miracle to prepare the way for the Messiah. But yet still, the moment that Jesus that walked in the room via her mother, Mary, his mother Mary, I'm sure... In the spiritual realm, John realized that his destiny partner was in the room. Now, I, I, want, I want you to, to tap somebody again. You're going to have to be active in this sermon tonight. Tap them and tell them your dream isn't dead yet. You know what, what the problem is with your dream? Your, your aspirations haven't died yet. Your, your visions haven't died yet. Your, your plan hasn't died yet. Your purpose hasn't died yet. It just hasn't come in contact with company. You see this, Sam? You see the reason why God was showing me this word is why? Because nobody knew that Mary was pregnant. She had just met with the angel. Nobody knew she was pregnant. She wasn't showing. She wasn't even yet a week pregnant. How could you, how could the baby inside of another woman who was five months pregnant begin to leap for joy when she sees that Mary's in the room? Is because in the spiritual realm, John realized that my destiny is in the room here. Now, I want you to get ready for this word tonight. Because even though people discredited you, your destiny is in this room tonight. Because you've come into contact with the Holy Spirit. Your destiny is just in the room tonight. Good God. Someone say good God. I picked that up in Israel. Good God. Greetings from the Holy Land. Shalom. Shabbat shalom. Bethlehem, that's all I know. Amazing time. I can't wait for you to hear. I had some pictures I was going to show you today, but we forgot them at home. So next week, we will bring them. In Jesus' name. Listen to me. You haven't met the right investors yet for your business. Good God. You haven't, you haven't, met, you haven't, met, the, the, you haven't met Mr. Right yet. Stop playing around with these boys. <laughs> Listen, you... you, you. <laughs> Let me sip my water. <sighs> Let me 
me tell you something. Hear this. You, you, you haven't come into contact with the right company yet. That's why your vision on the inside of you has not yet been birthed. That's why what's on the inside of you hasn't leaped for joy. Why? Because you haven't met God's perfect will for you yet. When you meet God's perfect will, when you meet the perfect plan of God, what's inside of you should leap even before you are seen by the world. John had not yet been birthed yet, but his spirit could recognize. You're five months. He's not fully developed yet. He doesn't have the capability to be able to think yet as a baby, but his spirit was alive. He was able to recognize I'm in great company because I know that my purpose is in the room. Do you know what, you, do you know what we need as a generation? The ability to recognize that our purpose is in the room irrespective of how it looks like because I'm sure, I'm, I'm so sure that Mary, or rather Elizabeth at a first glance didn't know that her, her cousin Mary was pregnant. I'm sure she discredited Mary because she was 16 years old. Uh, how, how could, because let me tell you this, let me bring it back to this point that the only reason why John was birthed was because Jesus had to come. His purpose was tied to Jesus' purpose. The reason why Elizabeth got the miracle is because Jesus needed a John to come forth. Now, you might be discrediting the very person that you need for your destiny to come out. You may be walking right past the same person you need every single day. You might be walking past your very destiny partner every single day. And you discredit them because they don't look like your miracle. They don't look like your miracle. They don't sound like your miracle. Heck, they don't even, they don't even match up. I've had better miracles than this. My ex was taller. How could it be you? This can't be God's will for me. I refute and rebuke the will. Am I preaching? Am I preaching? I refute. You know what? I reject the will of God. Because I've had better. Oh, good God. I miss you too. I've had better. How can this be God's will? I've had better. But you don't know that the reason why you're in your position is to prepare the way for somebody else to come forth. Listen, it's not about you. It's about what your gifting in the inside of you will do for somebody else. The reason why God brought you to Carlton wasn't for you. The reason why God brought you to Ottawa from wherever you came from was not just for you. It was to prepare the way for the next generation. Oh my God. I think that's a good place to clap, right? My goodness. Oh my gosh. I feel God's, I feel God moving in this place. And, and my sermon title tonight is Carpenter and the King. The carpenter and the king. We're going to go on a two-week journey this week and next week before we gear up for wildfires. Uh, we are going on a two-week journey called the carpenter and the king looking at the life of Jesus. So this is my topic for tonight. Uh, now, I want you to understand something. Uh, that one of the most painful things in life uh, is to, to know your purpose but not know your assignment. One of the most painful things, Pastor Kizito, to know, I know why I'm created. You don't know your assignment. Now, let me tell you something. Your purpose uh, is your why. 
Your assignment is your what? Your purpose is why you're here. Your assignment is what you do while you're here. Now, if you don't know what you're doing while you're here, you'll be here standing and wasting time idle with the giftings on the inside of you because you yet have not discovered what you are to do as you are here on earth. And so I want us to, to quickly look over this. Uh, we're going to look at, at Mark chapter 1. We're in the Synoptic Gospels today. So we're going to be looking at the same portion of scripture in three different books, uh, Matthew, Mark, and Luke. That's what we call the Synoptic Gospels. So we're going to look at all three of them. So let's go to Mark chapter 1. And we're going to pick up this very story in Mark chapter 1. You have it for me? Good. I, I want to get it in my Bible. You know, it preaches different out of here. It says here, here begins the good news about Jesus, the Messiah, the Son of God. In the book of the prophet Isaiah, God said, look, I am sending my messenger before you, and he will prepare your way. He is a voice shouting in the wilderness, prepare a pathway for the Lord's coming. Make a straight road for him. Then it says this, this messenger was John the Baptist, yes, the same son of Elizabeth, Mary's, basically Mary's nephew. It says, he lived in the wilderness and was preaching that people should be baptized to show that they had to turn from their sins and turn to God to be forgiven. Verses 5, people from Jerusalem and from all over Judea traveled out to the wilderness to see and hear John. And when they confessed their sins, he baptized them in the Jordan River. Shout out, I was baptized in the Jordan River, just saying, just saying, just saying, holy water, Jesus, yes, I get it, I get it, yes, just saying. His, don't mind me. His clothes were woven from camel hair, and he wore a leather belt. His food was locusts and wild honey. Good God. Seven, he announced, someone is coming soon who is far greater than I am, so much greater that I am not even worthy to be his slave. Verses 8, I baptize you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. Come on, say that. God will baptize me. Say, say God will baptize me with the Holy Spirit. Now get this, get this tonight. That John's purpose was to prepare the way. Okay? His assignment was to baptize and to preach in the wilderness. His purpose was prepare the way. That was his why. Why is he on earth? To prepare the way for Jesus, the Messiah. What is he to do? Go in the wilderness and baptize people and preach until the Messiah comes. That was his assignment. That was he, that's what he was to do. Number, number one, write this down if you can. Wherever you're taking notes, write this down. Wherever you're watching this, write this down. You have to understand. You, you need to know where your ability ends and where God's begins. Okay? Know where your ability ends and where God's ability begins. John understood this very well about his assignment. He understood this that, listen, I, I, I'm to baptize. This is my assignment is to baptize. My assignment is to preach the gospel. But there's somebody who is far more greater than I am. He understood that even though he had an assignment, his assignment had an expiration date where it had to transition. He had an assignment, 
but he realized that even though he had an assignment, he knew where his ability ended and where God's ability began. Now, you have to understand that when God's ability begins to, to, to start, that, that gap between your ability ending and God's starting is what I call active faith. Active faith. What does that mean? Active faith means that you believe that it's going to happen. You know what's going to happen, but you're still working. You're doing your part as much as God is about to reward you for all the works you have done. Because faith without works is. And so as you begin to work, God is working also. So your ability ends. But I, I, I come to believe this word in the scripture. That it's not just, it's not just in, 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 in our physical abilities ending. It's also in our minds and in our faith ending as well in, in regards to this. That I can't do it all by myself. I need God's supernatural power. John understood that. We're looking at John the Baptist. He understood that even though I'm anointed for this, there is somebody who is more anointed than I am. Who will carry on what I'm doing. And matter of fact, I can't baptize you in the Holy Spirit, but he can. You see, I, I'm not good at math, but he is. I, I'm not good at, at, at word puzzles, but somebody else is. I, I'm not good at, 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 at greeting people outside, but somebody else is. You have to know your strengths and know your weaknesses. It's a part of discovering your assignment and your purpose. What am I good at? What, I'm, what am I not good at? Don't do what you're not good at. <laughs> Flourish where God is giving you the ability and the gifting to do so. Are you with me tonight? Now, when you look at Jesus versus John the Baptist, I want to do a quick assessment here, okay? We can do a quick assessment. Jesus Christ, the man that we love, the man that we worship, okay, says this. What was Jesus Christ, what was his, his, his purpose on earth? His purpose on earth wasn't to prepare the way. He was the way. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the... Oh, come on. I am the way, the truth, and the... There you go. So he knew that his agenda on earth, his purpose on earth was not just to, was not to prepare the way, but was to come to die so that we may be forgiven of our sins. So that we can now be joined in eternal life with, with, with the Father. Do you understand where I'm going with this? Do you feel where I'm going? Now understand that he then had 30 years of a hiding period before his training became his ministry. Now, we're doing a comparison. Jesus Christ, what was his purpose? His purpose was to be the way. What, 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 was, what, what did he do? He had 30 years of a silent period of nothing, just training. And you know what he did? I went, to, I went to Israel, and they took us to this place in Nazareth. We went to Nazareth. Do you know what the funniest thing? They had an H&M in Nazareth. In Nazareth. They, they, <laughs> they had Zara in Nazareth. I wish I had the pictures here. I'll bring them. I was driving, and I was like, is this supposed to be Israel? And you see H&M, you see people walking around in like expensive, you know, European shoes. I'm like, whoa, crazy. Anyway, side note. But we went to Nazareth. We went to this place called Nazareth Village. And in the village, uh, we came to this place in the village where it began to talk about Jesus and his upbringing. And it begins to talk about this in the scripture. It says that Jesus was in Nazareth and he began to grow in wisdom. He grew, he grew in structure. He grew in stature. He grew in all aspects of his life. He was growing and he was there. Now it begins to say this. It also says that, that John the Baptist, is what I began to do this, this comparison, that John the Baptist, uh, uh, he, he doesn't say anything about his training. Um, it, it only says this, and, and I'm going to repeat this. It, it says that his assignment was to prepare the way. That's all me. I'm going somewhere. His assignment was just to prepare the way. 
There was nothing more to it. We don't know what else. His assignment was to prepare the way and he found himself in the wilderness. That's all. So all we know is that he was born and he was in the wilderness preaching the gospel. No training, no nothing. But when I went to Nazareth Village, I began to realize that Jesus Christ, when the scriptures say he was a carpenter, but they actually say that if you, trans- if you translate what he was doing back then to now, Jesus Christ actually was an architect. He said he was actually an architect. He was building houses. Why? Because he realized that his purpose on earth was to build the house of his father. So he had the adequate training of building homes on earth. Anything that God wants to do through you, he has to first train you for it. Anything that God has you do on the outside, he wants to train you forward. Jesus Christ had 30 years of building homes for three years to build his father's house. John the Baptist had no training. He was in the wilderness. Now, let's look at this dichotomy, okay? Let's look at this dichotomy. All we have here, quite simply, is this. John the Baptist picked up his purpose and ran. Jesus Christ waited. Now, are you running or are you? Are, are, are you running f- for, for what God can do through me now? Or are you waiting so that God can prepare you for what he wants to do? Oh, my God. Are, are, you, are, you, are you excited about what God's going to do so much so that you grab your assignment and you say, I'm going to do it no matter what the training is. I don't need any training. I'm going. I know my purpose. My purpose is to preach. I'm going to preach. I preach, but when your syntax is off and, and you know, all your theology is wrong, people won't sit to listen to you. Because you have to understand that even though you may have the passion, you need the training. And that's not for preaching. That's for everything. Do you think, Sarah, you, you, at one point you wanted to study medicine. Do you think that we can just say, okay, Sarah has a passion to study medicine. We're just going to let her operate on, 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 on Tiffany. Oh my gosh, there's an open wound. Sarah, come, come, come do it right now. She'd be like, I don't know what I'm doing. Now, it's so funny, but we do it all the time. Oh my gosh. We do it all the time. Uh, 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 someone comes to us with a problem. Someone comes and says, I don't know how to do this. Uh, uh, I need help. I, I, I don't think it's spiritual. I need some professional help. No, 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 I know how to handle this. Now, let, me tell you, let me tell you the wrong thing about that is this. That, that even though you may be spiritually equipped, there's also a part and an aspect to that that may be clinical. <laughs> that may need further help that you don't have the expertise for. So that's what I say when I mean that you need to know where your ability ends and where God's ability begins. Know your limits. And then give it to the God who is without limits. Come on, that's a good place to give God praise. The thing with this, and I'm going to move on in a sec, is that people pick up assignments without getting briefed. They don't get the briefing for the assignment. They preach without context. They leave without vision. Matthew 2 verses 13 says this. Let's go to Matthew 2, our last scripture for today. Our second last scripture. Matthew 2. Verses 13 says this. Rather, Matthew 3, verses 13 says this. Then Jesus went from Galilee to Jordan River to be baptized by John. 14 says, but John didn't want to baptize him. I am the one who needs to be baptized by you, he said. 
So why are you coming to me? 15 says, but Jesus said, it must be done because we must do everything that is right. So then John baptized him. After his baptism, as Jesus came out of the water, the heavens were open and he saw the spirit of God descending like a dove and settling on him. And a voice of heaven said, this is my beloved son and I am fully pleased with him. I'm going somewhere. Follow me. It says, this is my beloved son and I am well pleased with him. Now, the reason why many people would say this, like Jesus is like the son of God. He's, he's all powerful. Why does he need to get baptized by somebody who's not the living God? Why does, he, why does he need to be baptized by John the Baptist? Understand this. This is deep. Understand what I'm saying right now. That he understood that even though he had the passion for ministry, there was somebody who was already in ministry. John was in ministry. Jesus had not yet started ministry. Even though Jesus was the Messiah, Jesus needed to be baptized by John because there's some things that you need to be submerged in before you go under. So when you go under and come up, the heavens open. Now, what does that mean? That means this, that when you are submerged in the oil, you are submerged in prayer, you are dipped in anointing. What happens is that it ends one season and it begins another season. As Jesus went under the water, it ended his training and it began his ministry but he needed a John tap somebody say who's your John because we have a lot of people walking here with purpose with assignment but without the tutelage a lot of people walking with assignment and gifting but nobody but let me tell you this Samuel had Eli Elijah had Elijah Timothy had Paul Everybody with great vision, great purpose, great assignment has somebody who's watching over the assignment. Has somebody who's looking over the assignment. Yeah, you're doing it right. Now, let me tell you something. That, that God loves, uh, loves, loves and knows assignment. That's why we need to get his briefing. Why? Because once we get the briefing on what God wants us to do with our gifting and with our ability, watch this. When you submit that assignment to God, he then has the ability to correct it and to train you and to say this was off, that was wrong, and that was right. What you do with your assignment is that you submit it like your will is submitted to God. As your will is submitted to God, it then gives God the free liberty to be able to tell you your doing it right or you're doing it wrong without us submitting our will to God what happens is we're walking life without knowing what God actually wants us to do so you have people some of us struggling with our purpose our vision what we're supposed to do in life simply because we haven't asked God what do you want me to do with my gifting I'm an artist what am I supposed to do with it I studied science. What am I supposed to do with it? I have biology. What am I supposed to do? We ask everybody, search everybody, ask Google, but we don't ask God. <laughs> we look for answers everywhere, but we don't look to the one who created us. Where and what do you want me to do with the gifting that you've given me? Number two, write this down. Purpose and assignment that has not received adequate training will reveal immaturity and attract offense. Let me say that again. Purpose and assignment that has not received adequate training will reveal immaturity and attract offense. Matthew 11, 2 to 3. Yeah, you help me as I'm concluding this tonight. 
after all happened, Jesus was baptized by John. The Bible says Jesus went into uh, the wilderness and was tempted by Satan. You know the story. Jesus was tempted by Satan. He overcomes all temptation. He begins his ministry. He starts healing people. He starts moving in the power. Everything begins to happen. As Jesus is doing all this ministry, you know what happens to John? He gets arrested. He gets arrested by, by Herod, by the king. Because, uh, because of this. Just give me one second. I'm coming. He gets arrested by the king. Why? Because of this. Because uh, he was doing so much miracles and so many great things that the king was threatened by his power that he had. So what he did is that he arrested him and he said, I don't want you to be doing anything. Now, now hear this. We're going to pick it up here in, in, verse, in chapter 11 of Matthew. It says, when Jesus had finished giving these instructions to his 12 disciples, he went off teaching and preaching in towns throughout the country. It says this, John the Baptist, who was now in prison, heard about all the things that the Messiah was doing. It says, says this, so he sent his disciples to ask Jesus, are you really the Messiah we've been waiting for? Or should we keep looking for someone else? Now, I, I don't know about you, but that doesn't really make any sense. Let me, let me say this. You know why it doesn't make sense? Because Jesus and John were cousins. You mean to tell me you don't know your cousin's the Messiah? You were on the playground. You fell. He healed you. <laughs> you broke your arm that one time. He went like this and he healed you. What are you talking about? You didn't know what to do. He gave you prophetic insight. You mean to tell me you didn't know that your very cousin was the Messiah? You mean you didn't recognize all along that somebody was gifted in your family? Now, now, what makes this matter even worse? John, you recognize Jesus in your mother's womb. So you mean to tell me that you don't have spiritual senses to know that this is the one that God has anointed? Let me tell you what happened to John. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh. It wasn't that he couldn't accept that his assignment how do I say this Holy Spirit help me it wasn't that he couldn't see that Jesus was the Messiah it was that he couldn't accept that his assignment had expired That's sinking. You mean to tell Tian? You mean to, he he knew his? Come on, that's his cousin. John the Baptist was the only one filled with the Spirit. He was so filled with the Spirit that his mom prophesied and recognized that the Messiah was inside the belly. You mean to tell me that he didn't recognize? No, it was because of this that he saw that his assignment, his purpose, was coming to an end. That he said, are you really the Messiah? I, I want to still be baptizing people. Because you know what? John also had a following of people. <laughs> John was preparing the way. So you know what? God really set him up properly. He was the dude, only one doing miracles. So Jesus comes along and he, you see, that's why John was saying, I can't baptize you. You have to baptize me. Because he realized that the moment he baptizes him, his purpose is now coming to an end. His assignment is now coming to an end. Do you know how many people don't want to give you the key to your next level because they're afraid of what God is about to do through? Oh. 
Do you know how many people are looking at you? Leaders are looking at you. I mean, people are looking at you. I mean, demons. I mean, deacons. I mean, people are looking at you. They don't want to give you the platform because they're insecure that the moment you touch the platform with your gifting, that their season is ending. But I've come to tell you, I've come with the key tonight to unlock your destiny, to unlock your purpose, to tell you that you don't need somebody to validate you. What's inside you will come out of you when the time is right. John the Baptist, be seated, I'm almost done, I'm almost through. He, he couldn't accept the fact that, oh my gosh, my purpose was to prepare the way for the Messiah. I baptized the Messiah. Now the Messiah is here. What the heck am I supposed to do? What am, I, what am I supposed to do with my life? What am I supposed to do with my time? What am I supposed to do with my vision? What am I supposed to do with my purpose? I, I came, I conquered, now what? I hear the Holy Spirit telling me there's a lot of people who are in this phase in their life that are saying, I did it, now what? I've been there now what God is this it is this all I'm supposed to do in life I know there's more there's another level to this there's another there's another era to this this is I know there's more there's more that I'm supposed to do there's a higher dimension I'm supposed to reach there's more that I'm supposed to do now let me tell you something if John the Baptist had the adequate training that he needed had the tutelage that he needed his mentor his spiritual father, his pastor would have told them, John, I know you're passionate, but diversify. I know you're gifted, but diversify. Because Jesus was gifted, but he was a carpenter. That's why he's the carpenter and the king. Jesus, <laughs> Jesus had a gift, but yet still he was educated to know how to build homes. That if anything should happen, he had something to fall back on. Some of us have picked our passion and we want to run with our passion. But you don't know that if one day something should happen, what do you fall back on? You see, John entered into this. So, so the moment his, his assignment ended, he didn't know how to transition into his next era of assignment. Because every assignment has phases. Every test has parts. A, part B, part C, part D. Every exam has parts of the exam. Every assignment has levels to the assignment. You can't just finish level one of your exam and be like, <laughs> killed it. <laughs> Smoked that exam. Yeah, level one. But there's more. Tap your neighbor and say, there's more. There's more that God wants to do through this ministry. There's more that God wants to do through your life. There's more things that God wants to do in your life. But you have to understand that your phase one is about to end. And you got to transition out of phase one to phase two. But you can't be proud of what God has done in phase one. Neglect what he's about to do in phase two. Because then you become like John the Baptist. And that's why you attract offense. Because if you read the next verse of this, it says this in the scripture. Jesus told him, go back to John and tell him about what you have heard and seen. The blind see, the lame walk, the lepers are cured, and the deaf hear. And the dead are raised to life. And the good news is being preached to the poor. And tell him, God blesses those who are not offended by me. He basically told John, shut up. Your job was to prepare the way. I'm here. What do you mean should you keep baptizing and wait for another Messiah? You're full with the Spirit. You know that I am the Messiah. Stop being petty. You know I'm already here. Your assignment has ended. Just shift on. Moses is dead. Joshua is here. It's 
time to transition. Be on your feet. Tell them somebody, it's time to transition. Oh my gosh. You got to diversify. It's time to transition. If you had one house, get two houses. You have one degree, get two degrees. You have one master's, get another one. You have a master's, get a PhD. You in high school, graduate quickly and come to uni. You in one program, go to another. Listen, it's time to transition. Because if you fail to transition, you fall in love with level one. I fell in love with level one. I, I didn't mean to. But I saw the successes of level one. And, and, and my heart is pleased. Because people are saying, Jesus, I fell in love with level one. Just as Saul fell in love with the voices and the crowds of women that used to sing for him. But the moment David came onto the scene, he felt offended because people weren't singing his praises anymore. It wasn't that Saul couldn't do it. It's just because his season had ended. Unless you prepare for transition, you'll get caught in the crossfire. I don't know about you tonight, but this word is, is ministering to me. I preached for myself tonight. Take these two takeaways. Number one, always do both. Be versatile. Be a carpenter and be a king. Always do both. Stick up your deuce and say, I'm gonna always do both. Say, I'm gonna always do both. I, just, I see five people doing it. Come on. I'm gonna always do both. Come on. I'm gonna always do both. You know what that means? That means that you're gonna be spiritual, but you're not gonna be spooky. That means that that means that you can preach on, on Thursday and you can watch Black Panther on Friday. <laughs> Wakanda forever! I'm a condon now. I'm a condon. I'm a condon. Minus all the spiritual stuff, because that was whack. What do you mean you're going to drink something for? Oh, sorry, 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 sorry. Simpenye. We wanted to drink. Okay. But it means that you can do both. You can wear street clothes and you can dress it up. It means you can do both. You can come and kick it and watch a movie. Then the next day you're in a business meeting. It means you can do both. You can kick it with your friends and then go to church. You can, you can do both. You can do both. You, you can do, be versatile. With your gifting, be versatile. I'm just a communicator. Okay, well, have you shifted your communication now into digital communication? I just know how to talk. Okay, but have you maximized social media? I'm preaching to myself, Jesus. Okay, you've done one campus, but can you do it somewhere else? You've came, you've conquered, but can, can you shift? Oh God, this word is changing our church. Listen, it, this is this is our church is different already right now. We've already shifted into our new gear already. Uh, we've already shifted. We've already transitioned. Listen, you can try. Oh my God! Someone shout, do both. And, and, and number two, don't ever forget this. And it's what I love to do: be innovative. Be innovative. John the, do you, you know what John the Baptist could have been doing? He could have been literally going to different cities before Jesus got there and preach crusades. 
He could have been healing people before the Messiah comes and saying, this is the one that I do it in his power. Do you know what he could have been doing? Because his assignment was to prepare the way. It didn't say prepare the way until you baptize Jesus. <laughs> it, didn't, it's not, it, it didn't say until you, until you, do, no. It said prepare the way. God may give you a vision. He may give you a purpose, but it's up to you to innovate. I once heard TDJ say this, that God has never made a chair. He's only made a tree. Because God only made one of one thing and then he gave wisdom to man to be able to create things from what he already created. And so you need to begin to innovate. Be innovative as a young person. Be innovative because you cannot stop. God gave you one purpose. Prepare the way for the Messiah. It doesn't matter how you do it. It doesn't matter how it's done. That's your vision. That's your mandate. That's your assignment. Prepare the way. Preach and baptize. It didn't say preach until Jesus comes. It said keep on preaching. That's your purpose. And so don't stop. Don't stop doing it. Because God still has your back. Thank you for tuning in to the Campus Rush Podcast. If you enjoyed this message and want to partner with us, visit us at www.campusrush.org to become a global partner or to partner with us in giving.